Boop. Boop. Go, go. Go, go, gadget recorder. Go, go, gadget recorder. Do we find out the name of the ghost in this one, Luke? No, I think it's the third one where it's revealed. All right. Well, (laughs) okay. Well, great. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast that dives into the horror movies we've been too scared to watch and shows to the world and everybody that there's nothing to fear and they're just movies and my name is billy schultz i'm your host i'm joined as ever and as always by luke mason and alex wan two of my very good friends i feel like i haven't said very good friends in a while maybe i have i can't remember you can we've done a lot of recording recently we can reuse it but hello both of you how are you doing on this fine day pretend like we haven't just finished recording an episode and are doing this this first part of this one it's funny that you <laughs> oh, say, I wasn't supposed to read that part. Shit. It's funny you say a weekly horror movie podcast because it sounds and feels like it's daily the more and more we do it. <laughs> well, and if I'm not mistaken, this week we'll have recorded three episodes in <laughs> yes. or at least like the better part of three episodes in like six days. Yeah. It's been it's been a hefty amount of recording. A little listeners. bit of behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get into it, but you know what? We, we have a, a a bunch of stuff coming up in our personal lives that is going to make hard to gather around the microphone, so I'm happy for it. And yeah. even though like y'all get to record like with me once a day, it feels like for, for me, it's multiple times a day because I also mm-hmm. start editing like right away, and I am right. like constantly inundated by the voices of Alex and Luke, and I couldn't be happier. I could not hey. be happier. <laughs> You know what they say, make <laughs> podcast recordings when the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. we are continuing our sequel month, our horror sequel month. And Luke, it is your pick this week. So without beating around the bush, I assume you're both doing fine. I'm not going to ask you. Without beating around the bush at all, <laughs> what movie are we watching for this week's episode? We're watching 2008 to 2010. I can't remember what year it came out. Paranormal First Activity time for 2. everything. <laughs> Maybe even later. I don't know. I don't honestly remember. I remember the first one came out in 2007, and this one is after that, so somewhere there. So it could have been 2021. (laughs) Well, no. I'm pretty sure it's not that. (laughs) (laughs) Paranormal Activity 2, and Mm -hmm. I will defer to the two of you giving your thoughts on Paranormal Activity 2 before I say anything, because I'll get some context and... I don't want to accidentally spoil something that I don't think is a spoiler, but it might be in case your knowledge. So I will defer to mm-hmm. uh, last time Alex deferred to me. So I'll, I'll defer to Alex this time to, to get ah, his thoughts first. Right. On when it's my turn to pick, I'm not deferring to anyone. I'm going to be <laughs> yeah, selfish. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for deferring. I will take the floor. Speaker, I believe that I don't know very much, if anything, about the Paranormal Activity series. I think when, like, when we did Paranormal, the first Paranormal Activity, it's the first time I ever watched that movie. So I, I don't know what these future ones hold in store. As far as I'm aware and guessing, I'm going to assume that it's brand new characters because, spoilers from the previous episode, <laughs> I think the two leads are dead. But I could be wrong. Mm. So I will be surprised at whatever Paranormal Activity shows because I I just don't know anything about it. I'm guessing it's still going to be continued found footage, horror movies, goodies, and, you know, doing stuff that makes (laughs) 
that that makes me watch people sleep for multiple hours, but in a in a fun yeah. and exciting way. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's really all I got to say. I don't know anything about it, but I am looking forward to it because I know Luke, you are a big fan of the series, and you really want us to watch mm-hmm. the third one. So we got to get to that third get, one. By hook we're getting or by a crook. <laughs> we're getting a little bit closer to that. Uh, that sought after third paranormal activity. So whatever will make <laughs> you happier, ring. I'm happy to do so. Thanks. Alex, I'm going to go ahead and edit out the word pleasantly from when you said you're going to be pleasantly surprised by this movie, just because I know that anytime we've we've gone in with optimism in, in sequel movies and <laughs> in movies that uh, it's usually been a, a disappointment. So consider yourself surprised at this movie. Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... As listeners will remember from the first Paranormal Activity episode, this movie, when I first saw it in around 2009, 2010, I was so scared of it. It made me so freaked out. I couldn't think about it for years after that. I kind of just went into this thing where I was like, Paranormal Activity is too scary for me. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to interact with it in any way. And I shut it out from my life until I heard somebody talking about, I think... Ghost Dimension was the fourth or fifth paranormal activity. Ghost Dimension was the last one, the sixth one. The sixth one. Okay. So I remember when Ghost Dimension was coming out and I think somebody was like, yeah, it's like the latest in the series and there's five movies. And I was like, they made more than one paranormal activity movie? What the hell? (laughs) So I have nothing. I know nothing about paranormal activity two or Two paranormal, two activity, whatever the subtitle is for this one. Paranormal activity two, paranormal even harder. <laughs> yes, paranormal activity two, secret of the ooze, best best subtitle for a sequel in my opinion. But I know that Luke, you you mentioned in our paranormal activity episode, and go back and listen to that one if you haven't. It was a good fun time, despite all the lawn mower noises in the background. You had mentioned that paranormal activity one makes more sense with the other movies as catalyst and and knowing that so i'm excited to get a little bit more of the picture filled in and i can't wait to to get started i predict i'll be scared because the first one scared me and i'm a little bit not looking forward to watching this one on my own but needs must the podcast demands it so (laughs) luke what's your you obviously you love this movie as a stepping stone to your favorite movie of all time, Paranormal Activity 3. <laughs> Am I putting words This is escalated. <laughs> this is really escalated. <laughs> yeah, well, so maybe the listeners will know from previous episodes, Paranormal Activity 3 was the first Paranormal Activity I saw. So I saw these <laughs> yeah. movies out of sequence. But sure. bizarrely, because I saw Paranormal Activity 3 first, the first two movies made a lot more sense than they were supposed to. Mm. So. I'm looking forward to to hearing your two thoughts because you're actually watching it sequentially correct and getting the mm. filmmaker's intention of absorbing the story. So I won't say too much about this movie other than I really liked... There's a lot of camera innovations. So you know how in the first one, it's like one camera and it's either on a tripod or being carried around. This movie cool, very coolly, I think, utilizes house cams so instead of one camera in the night there's about five or six or seven and it just kind of rotates okay. through them so it's like you a get security a different... camera feed yeah but it's like at 
five or six different places in the house. So there's like mm. one in the kitchen, one in the living room, one in the stairwell, one in the hallway, I think. So it's like you and but it's like on a timer. So you get so it's it's a cool effect where you are watching one camera you start to see something happen, but then it flips to the next camera. So you know something's happening, but oh, you shit. don't get that feed anymore. And then by the time it comes back, that thing that you saw isn't there anymore. And it could be at a different part in the house kind of thing. So it really manipulates uh. your feelings that way. So I really liked that feature of this movie. And I'm going to predict that based on one of one of where the cameras is in this movie, this movie is going to become Alex's third favorite pool cleaning movie. Uh (laughs) all right yeah boogie nights is my favorite of all time and probably lords of dogtown (laughs) yeah okay all right i want to ask for one spoiler luke and i feel like i've not really asked for spoilers but how much firewire is in Paranormal Activity 2? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think any because the feeds aren't from a Damn computer. It. They're from they're from like security ca- I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember. All right. Well, we'll be on we'll be on lookout for Firewire Watch 2021. All right. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll get into it. We will talk about it after the trailer. Dear listeners, there's going to be spoilers for this movie and hopefully not for other parts of the Paranormal Activity franchise, but maybe who knows paranormal activity 7 the revenge of the firewire coming 2022 it'll be great but check out does the dog die as well if you're worried about triggers for this movie and check the show notes for any time codes that you may need to skip by and we will talk to you again in a minute this is your room hunter hey jackie who is that it's your aunt katie so weird i totally thought we lost it Somebody broke in and trashed the house. Christy thought it was a ghost. I know you guys are freaked out, okay? And I'm going to take care of you guys. What's your take on this whole ghost situation? I think it's awesome. This is the freakiest thing that happened to me last night. This is the door closing by itself. big fan of mountain dew <laughs> yeah isn't there like Code a red. Tool, red is there's like favorite. a tool company called do it as well right i think so yeah maybe yeah like they do power drills and hammers and stuff i can't i can't think of their commercials or, or is their it De- logo dewalt is it dewalt yeah dewalt 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 okay yeah my mistake which anyway. i think was like a person's name <laughs> D- but I don't dewalt. Know. all right well alex please dewalt <laughs> all right Paranormal Activity 2 is a 2010 American found footage supernatural horror film directed by Todd Williams and written by Christopher Landon, Michael R. Perry, and Tom Papps. The film is a prequel to the 2007 film Paranormal Activity, beginning two months before and following up with the events depicted in the original film. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. We, we're back. And Luke, this was your pick. So take us take us through your reaction <laughs> watching this movie again for the question marks this time. Yes. Well, I think as the two of you already know, this selection was very much a conduit or a bridge for us <laughs> to get to Paranormal Activity 3. And so of all of the picks I've selected, it's the least 
invigorating to me upon selection. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. And I think the movie really paid off in that respect. <laughs> it really demonstrated. <laughs> I have to say like even though this is not a terrible movie, I always knew it was kind of boring and I was reintroduced to that factor. <laughs> Sorry, Ranger just walked Your into room. Dog haunted. The house yeah. again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's like a few good parts of this movie, a few interesting cinematic aspects, and some good development of the story. But I actually found this movie mm-hmm. quite, quite dull in comparison to the first one. And I think that I don't mind so much that it's dull because it's a good bridge to building the story for the third movie which i like a lot but watching Mm. it again this time i was like oh man this is not that exciting of a film and a little bit scary (laughs) but not really and i think because of the found footage genre being quite familiar to me at this point i wasn't impressed with the gags very much so I don't know. I know this is my pick, but I didn't think this movie was very interesting. <laughs> All right. A hot a hot take right off. You know what? It right makes sense. It, it's like if you're road tripping, Billy, right? Like you're going to be driving down to Montreal later on in, in a mm-hmm. few weeks or a month. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's say Alberta, like Calgary, where we are, that's Paranormal Activity 1 and Paranormal <laughs> Activity 3 would be Montreal. Yes. Saskatchewan and Manitoba are fucking paranormal activity too, right? <laughs> yes, that's actually a very good way well, of putting it. Like you got to get through it to get to the good part, but <laughs> yeah. No, I no, I I I understand what you mean, Luke. Okay. You you, you really... can't li- you can't literally have Canada without Saskatchewan or Manitoba, but you know. <laughs> that country is called New Zealand. Because yes. when I went to New Zealand, it was like the cool coasts of Canada just squished all the prairies out and left all the cool coasts and mountains and stuff. <laughs> right? I just, I thought the mm-hmm. kid was cute. I thought, I actually kind of liked the teenage girl. I thought her character, even though she was kind of exposition she was like kind of the only smart one. Mm-hmm. And all the adults were just either boring or extremely stupid. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right. Alex, what's your take on this movie? Because I want to go last because I think I have maybe a different one. Okay. I don't know. I'm a little bit mixed on Paranormal Activity 2. There were parts of it that I think were much better than Paranormal Activity 1. But then there were also mm-hmm. parts of it where like, it just didn't feel as as natural as Paranormal Activity 1 felt. I mean, like the very glaring obvious example for me was in the first one, they have that handheld cam and it's all very intentional. Like we bought this because weird stuff's happening around the house and we want to record it and make sure. So there's all, there's always been a reason for them to actually film stuff throughout the entire first movie. Right. Cause that, that's why they bought the camera. Um, in this one, there's like the handheld camera and then the security cameras around the house. So the security cameras around the house are like, okay, like it makes sense that it's always there because they had a, "Quote unquote burglary, bur- bur- burglary, burglary. I cannot talk. A burglary. They they, they, had, they had a break in. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know, for security purposes, they're like, all right, like you know, hopefully this doesn't happen again. But if it does happen again, we'll set up these cameras to make sh- like so that we can you know figure out what's going on. So that part makes sense. And sure. then the other half of the time, like when when they have the handheld, like the handheld part felt very unnatural to me because like 
for for the most of that movie, they didn't really have a purpose to have a handheld. Like they were making family movies and stuff. I guess that's how they intro that, that there's a handheld. But for a lot of it, it's not like why are you recording this? It doesn't make sense why you're recording it. Like you don't have a reason to be recording this particular conversation right now, unless you are one of those weirdo youtube families that like to upload their entire life you know right like do you know what i mean like it just especially like the, the climax yeah, yeah, yeah. in the basement yeah like that made the least amount of sense to be i mean recording. the the only the true, like yeah. the only reason i could see like the him bringing the camera down in the basement is because like all the lights went out and he knows the camera has night vision so he's using it to see but like there's times when Katie comes over and visits Christy and is, they're talking together and Christy's just like, hey, remember when we were kids? And she's saying like, oh, don't talk about this. Like, you know what happened? Like, why the fuck are you recording that at that? There's no there's no reason like in my mind that that sure. particular yeah. point of your life would ever be recorded. So, yeah. So that was really unnatural to me. And then I guess, yeah, the story was a little bit less intriguing than the first one, but I think the ending kind of makes up for it being like, oh, okay, like, there's a bigger universe to this. Maybe when people f saw the first one, they weren't sure if a sequel was going to come out, but now that this sequel has come out and they set up even more stuff, it's like, okay, like, I can see how they're going to expand the paranormal activities cinematic universe now. So I, I, I am, like, looking forward to whenever we do watch the future ones. It was interesting to me. So, like, there were good parts. There were really good parts. And then there were parts that also didn't make sense and I found really boring and dumb. But well, that's, that's kind of my take on it. Wow. Okay. I, <laughs> I kind of really like this movie. Folks, oh. well, that's <laughs> good. I I agree. I can see all the flaws that you're both talking about. I can see the the pacing being an issue because it is quite slow for most of it, and then the very end is just like like I think pretty much when all the cupboards explode open in the kitchen, that's like when yeah. it's like okay, high gear. And I agree with you, Alex. All the points about like why are they filming this, and I I don't I haven't familiarize myself enough with the lore to be like well it was Allie and she was filming it and she like sort of latched onto this interesting thing and so she was doing it like it's very sort of thin paper paper arguments to to stand up but because I had not like seen this movie I didn't know any of the twists of this movie I was hooked right away and I was just like, when is the scary thing going to happen? And so anytime there was a nighttime scene, anytime there was a camera scene in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is when it could be. This is when it could be scary. And it's not, you know, it's it's not scary for a lot of points. There's quite a lot of scenes in the house where nothing happens. And you're just like, you're wondering when is something going to jump out? And I can see for you, Luke, having seen it, you're like, I know this scene is a is a, is a scene with no payoff. And this scene is a scene with no payoff. And this one, we get the pot falling down. And this one, we get the dog barking at something. But for me, I didn't know that those scenes weren't going to be payoffs until after they weren't payoffs. So I was just like, is this going to be it? No, not this one. And I was like, oh no, that means the next one's definitely going to be it. And then it, the next one wasn't it also. And then I was like, well, it's going to be the third time. And also no. So I think like that, yeah. for me, watching it just kept me- More tense. And, and kept s yeah. stringing out the tension. Where, yeah, if I go and watch this movie again, it'll be like, I know nothing is going to happen until night 17 or whatever. Right. I know that that's not going to go through. And then the bonus twist, I talked with you, Luke, off off air on over text. 
I forgot the time period of Paranormal Activity 1, so I didn't really realize it was a prequel until about halfway through the movie. Oh, I was like, wait a second. But well, the, and, and then you see, the, the title you see card Micah comes up and, and says, Katie like in the opening yeah, yeah, yeah. act. I know. And I was like, wait, what is going on? Like, I didn't, I just, I didn't put it together. I did not make that connection. So I was just like, oh my God, this is a prequel. That's kind of amazing. That's kind of interesting. And then I was like on board. I was on board. I was on board. I was on board. And then I was like really mad at Daniel and Christy for basically just like tag your it to the demon possession, you know, at the very end. Like the whole reason that Katie gets possessed is because they were just like, uh, look over there, Jeffrey, go check out her house. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was just like, oh, that's how that's how paranormal activity one started and i don't know it was it was intriguing when i saw mika i was like this bitch is back what's going on why is he asking about the video camera and you know then the title card comes up and it says 60 days before the death of mika sloat and you're like i was like oh shit (laughs) this movie happens in the past (laughs) and so that like that that was a big surprise for me and that it totally worked because you know, I saw the dates on the first one and I was like, okay, it's, I forget you, I forget what year it is, but it was 2000 something. And this was a yeah, whole year yeah. earlier. So, or a couple months earlier. So that was, <laughs> that was my exciting part. No, it was, it was good. <laughs> I think like, you're not going to remember the exact dates from the first one when you go in to watch the second <laughs> one. True. So I think the like the kind of transition cards where it t- says like 60 days before Mika dies at first, I, when I saw Kate and Mi- Katie and Mika, I was like, oh, this is weird. They were in the first one, right? Like, I was, like, trying to, like, remember if I remembered the first one correctly. I was like, these are the main characters, but why are they here? And then this is, like, <laughs> before his death. I'm like, oh, okay, this is a prequel, so I'm sure they're going to, like, like, I guess this is, like, where it all started, and it's going to show how it moved over to Katie. And, yeah, I, I agree with you, Billy, like, that kind of whole, like twist of seeing it for the first time was really exciting because like i want to know what happens next now right Mm, yeah (laughs) and i want and i know it i don't think it's going to pay off but in my head in my heart of hearts i just want every movie in this franchise to be earlier than the one before it like a movie series that's all prequels i think that's kind of amazing and i know the next one is in the 80s because luke you keep (laughs) talking about it no yeah but i don't think number four is is. very much a prequel (laughs) Which I think that's just a fantastic conceit of like, hey, we're going to tell you a story and make sequels, but they're actually going to be prequels that that each one is before the last one. I think that's I don't I don't think that's been done anywhere else. We're not going to talk about the Star Wars prequels because that's a whole different bag of hammers. They already had a whole trilogy and then they put another one in. It's kind of it's kind of how the movie of Memento works. But that's just one movie. Yeah, I, I know. Like, that's I just know. one I film. Did, like that yeah. concept is kind of in that movie, though. Mm-hmm. That's true, but only Where half it, of it because half of the movies, half of the movies moving forward, <laughs> half of it's moving backwards, and so the yeah. end of the movie is the middle of the story. Imagine if Return of the King came out first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, the this isn't really a surprise. The Paranormal Activity three is is telling the story of katie and christy as little girls so Mm -hmm. it's their it's their family and you could tell a few times i I mean this movie actually sets up a lot the next movie but you could tell that like 
they don't really know about much about their childhood, even though they reference it a few times. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like when the first one came out, they weren't sure, right? And then they saw how much money they made. They're like, all right, we have to do a sequel. But then as they're writing the sequel, they're already thinking about writing a third one and a fourth one, right? Yeah. Right. Those will probably be like, feel a lot more connected than, you know, the second one with the first Sorry. one. I don't know, but it it, it was yeah. neat. It was cool. I was interested the whole time about what, what will happen next. Yeah, it was cool. And I like the... I don't know if you've watched the trailers at all, but and for listeners when they're not when they're the trailers aren't video, but I do can include links to them and so you can watch the trailers as they they go up, but all both of the trailers for Paranormal Activity 1 and Paranormal Activity 2, they start with a title card that says you demanded it. Here it is, as if there's been some like <laughs> we want you to release this found footage of this demonic possession truth. that's killing people. Tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like as if there's this, you know, studio cover up being like, no, we can't show this movie. It's too scary. And then them like, you know, there's this massive friggin groundswell of support that, you know, they're like, fine. Well, this is what you get. Don't blame me when you're too scared. You crap your pants and die. And I <laughs> I just I love the conceit of them being like, well, you asked for it, audience. Here's the movie that's going to scare you to death. I mean, this movie was scary throughout it was scary for me the whole time because i didn't know what was gonna go on and then oddly enough i felt a little bit bad for our friend jeffrey Hmm. i felt a little (laughs) bit bad for him at the end in paranormal activity we gave him shit for being an unmotivated and lazy demon not really doing his job and he got like 90 percent of the way there and then had to start all over i'd be demotivated (laughs) too if i got transferred like right before the deadline i'd be like ah fuck i gotta do it all again with this girl? No way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but doesn't this, like, <laughs> this is, again, the wrong analysis, but the fact that Jeffrey nope. got, like, transferred over to Katie instead of Christy to haunt for another month, I was just like, uh, how are demons this strong and this weak at the same time? Like, I just don't understand <laughs> why they can, like, possess you. But if you just say, hey, go over there, they're like, well, okay, I guess that's what I should go do now. Uh, mm, You go over there and you have an oily crucifix. That's the key. (laughs) I guess. A crucifix dipped in olive oil. (laughs) I guess I just don't really know how demons are supposed to function. (laughs) Because they seem to just be capable of functioning as good or as bad as any story needs them to. (laughs) Because it's like. I don't think this is a spoiler because this is a big part of the exposition that Allie, the the daughter, talks about. But, like, clearly this whole thing is about Hunter, right? It's about this little baby boy. Mm -hmm. And he's real close. He's almost at Hunter. Hunter's the goal. This is, like, the generation's old male baby, finally, that I can... Oh, crap. Gotta go to Katie's now. (laughs) I'm I'm at a loss. This fucking dumbass father just sent me into this other... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> into this other family I, so i gotta go haunt them for a month before i can come back and get hunters like well are there any more talented demons like available <laughs> right now because you seem pretty useless maybe they have rules that they have to follow and you know if they break them like every five years like the demon accreditation comes and like they'll revoke your license if you break <laughs> rules or if you take shortcuts and they're like can't do that i i guess i just have you know to what? maybe maybe katie or, or Christy is the like major leagues and this was 
Jeffrey's big shot and just got picked at the post and got busted down to the miners to to <laughs> cool off and, and learn a lesson. And maybe there are. Maybe, you know what? We don't get the viewpoint of the demon at all. Maybe there's like a demonic break room and a demonic like office where everybody's like, hey, check it out. It's Jeffrey. He got demoted to go and like haunt the sister. And everyone is just like shunning him <laughs> at the like break room. And I just, you know, you feel for the guy. You know, I guess I just have to say this is why supernaturalism makes no sense to me. <laughs> makes no sense at all. <laughs> but whatever. I guess he got he got demoted and then got got to prove himself again in the in the minors and now he's back in the big leagues. Yeah. So Luke, the way you feel about this movie is probably how I felt about watching Saw like the first saw a second time mm-hmm. whereas i found that because i knew what happened the weak plot really stood out sure so i don't know like if if i were to watch this movie a second time i would i would probably might feel the same because if you're really dissecting it the plot is pretty weak um it's really just <laughs> exposition to set up for the third movie and <laughs> right? the fourth and the fifth and right the sixth. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think like I was just like Billy watching this the first time. It was like I was on the edge of my seat for a lot sure, of it yeah. because yeah. like you just don't know when the scares they are coming. They do tension like, well. Mm-hmm. But then when you mm-hmm. do know when the scares are coming and you know the the payoff is, the journey to it just isn't as exciting, I guess. Yeah. And a, like a more fair analysis of this movie for me is that it's it's like almost all context building for future movies mm-hmm. because there's a lot more meat put on the bone of this franchise in this movie and it's interesting i don't really know if this was like the goal when it was first made because it's a completely different writer director producer right like it was i think oren pally did the first one and so i wonder if a studio just it's like well we can make sequels and so like they just kind of super added all of this other plot background to make the first movie part of a bigger universe, which, you know, movies do that all the time. I mean, that's exactly what Saw did. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So I I can appreciate the fact that all of the subsequent movies are basically based on the fact that this is a family, not just a single person Mm. or, or two people, and that this family has a curse, essentially, on their family, which was the whole exposition from ally in this movie it was just mm-hmm. so funny like right here let me tell you exactly she what's googled happening. it <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, which is like yeah, yeah. kind of going back to my original point when she's like googling and just talking about it with with brad over the phone it's like why are you recording this as well <laughs> exactly. like there's no reason for you to be recording this well alex it's so that we the audience have something to watch <laughs> they could have done it in a more intelligent way than made I sense i agree but so what can you do yeah, I mean, I think Alex's analogy at the very beginning is perfect. I, Upon reviewing, this movie doesn't hold up as well as either the first or the third, I think. And the third is generally okay. considered... The, the third movie is generally considered to be the best in the franchise, not just, like, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But as from what I can tell reading in lists, like, it, it kind of peaked in the third one. And the third one would not have been even possible, let alone good, without the second movie. So I can appreciate... Mm-hmm. the bridge to a better story and and i can appreciate that this one is scarier the first time you watch it because you don't know when jeffrey's gonna show up 
and there's like some pretty <laughs> scary parts. I mean, I felt really bad for the dog. And yes, like you don't know when as it's switching between cameras when you're going to see something. But when you know, when you've seen it before, you're like, well, like <laughs> this is 90 percent nothing. <laughs> it's like 95 percent nothing happens in these nights and so it, i could have just watched was... like the last 20 minutes of the movie and got everything i need from <laughs> and be like okay <laughs> i'm on board yeah yeah it's definitely a one and done situation where you watch the movie you get the the scares and then you can't you can't go back and and notice more it's not like there's more stuff baked in easter egg wise or or snippet wise or whatever where you're going to find more plot on a second watch and i agree this movie was basically just like hang on kids there's gonna be a third one and boy oh boy are you gonna want to see it and so uh, th- that being said for the plot and the, the basically nothing that happens in the movie for 95 percent of it i really did like all of the performances in this movie and for being like an independent movie Everybody who was a grown-up actor did a great job, but then also like having a dog and a baby work really well. Like yeah. I just watching some of those scenes where, you know, when Hunter's in the crib and he keeps looking up <laughs> at the like I can't imagine how tough it would have been to get the baby to focus, to get the baby to look at the right corner of the room, to to get the you know the kid to walk down the hall, and the dog was really well trained. That I feel like we can't move past it until we like remark on how great a job they did because it's notoriously known to be really hard to work with dogs and kids in movies and they did both and they did it really well. Like kudos, Uh, Abby, the dog. I don't know who played Abby, the dog. I hope she's still with us, but maybe not. It's been a little while. Uh, (laughs) Been like 15 years, but really, really great performance. I'm really glad also a point in Jeffrey's favor. Didn't kill the dog dog had to go to the vet we don't really know the fate of the dog i hope abby survives does the dog die yeah (laughs) does the dog die we actually don't know but i think you know jeffrey doesn't kill the dog on screen or even off screen just hurts the dog a lot not cool but i guess not as bad as killing the dog so yeah just those acting jobs by the kid and the dog and the trainers of both kid trainer is that what they have on movie sets i don't know but it was great it was a great job No, you're right. Yeah. Performances were really good, even though I hated the dad. Oh, yeah. I just but found him so I went in. I, so He's kind of a jerk. I went into this, this movie, though, with the, the sage words of Luke Mason ringing in my ears from Paranormal <laughs> yes. Activity 1, being like, the reason you're so mad at Mika was because the movie wanted you to be so mad at Mika. So as soon as d- dad Daniel was being shitty and being dismissive i was like the movie wants me to focus on him so i'm not gonna and then he fired martine and i was like damn you daniel (laughs) she was the only one that was keeping y'all safe (laughs) but he was like differently annoying because he was actually more like katie than he was like mika from the first movie because he just kept underemphasizing and ignoring obvious like problems and at least Mika was, like, mm-hmm. trying to talk about those problems, even though he was so aggressive and kind of, like, emotionally unintelligent himself. There was so much of, right. like, intentional delusion on Daniel's part. Like, 
especially because Allie, I think you made this point, Alex, in the first one, but Allie has all of these things on tape, like all of the things that have happened, like (laughs) Hunter getting pulled out of his crib and Christy getting pulled down the stairs into the basement. Like all of that is recorded. All he has to do is sit down and look at it. He's like, I don't care. I will not watch it. It's like, well, what the fuck did you get these (laughs) cameras for then, man? Yeah, that that was actually so annoying to me. It's like, even like when she was showing him and he was actually watching the part where she walks out and the door slams and somehow it locks, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no fucking way that the wind causes the door to slam like that. Yeah. Like, like, try to be rational for even a second. Like, don't. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like yeah. clearly, your daughter is very upset about this that this thing that happened, and like you're so dismissive and uncaring about it. And even when the evidence is provided to you, you're you don't believe it. Yeah, Daniel was no es bueno. Right? There's that scene where Hunter's getting dragged out of his crib by we assume it's Jeffrey. It's some sort of spectral force, and unless there's more than one ghost in this house or demon <laughs> in this house. But, like, it, we also don't get a shot of anybody. I don't remember them watching that part of the tape. So it was like, nobody has reviewed that to see. Because I feel like if you watch a tape of your baby, like, you know, <laughs> hovering out of a crib and landing on the floor and, like, walking around by. Himself, it must be the wind. Be like, oh, it man. happens all the time. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we should leave this house right fucking now. Oh. And. So, yeah, I I agree with you, Luke, that Daniel was annoying. He was dismissive and just like wanted to, you know, he wanted to understand why the burglar happened. So that's why they got the cameras. But then he's like, this tool I got to make sure my house is safe. No, I don't think I'll use that. No, no, we'll be okay if I I don't. And we just ignore it. And it's just like, come on. (laughs) And how about how about this way of talking to your wife? Oh, you it fell off twice. You must have done it wrong twice. (laughs) <laughs> That's probably what happened. You sh- you just probably made you just probably fucked up twice. <laughs> it's like what? you did it wrong both times. <laughs> and of course, he's an asshole because he's like, well, the only thing we can do is make sure it goes and haunts Katie now, so it'll get away from Christy and my son. He's like, I love my wife. I love my son. So the only alternative is to get the demon to go chase her sister. It's like, well. <laughs> You think there's no going to be no repercussions from this? You're like choosing someone else right? to suffer instead of you. So I wonder if there like, was I'll an option C. There must the have road. been an option C. Come yeah. on, like Martine, there had to have been an option C, right? Right. Well, <laughs> I guess the only nice thing I can say for Daniel is that these this demon is really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's true. But like, yeah, Martine, Martine's whole deal. And that actually brings me to another question that is maybe more of a demonology based question, but and and maybe one that we are not best suited to answer, but that's never stopped us before. So we'll I don't know if I would stop us now. <laughs> but like, I wonder why. And it's not necessarily just in paranormal activity. I think it's common in these types of movies why it's always like kids dogs and then i guess people who can't speak the primary language that our protagonists speak that have a better grasp on what the supernatural stuff is right like it seems like (laughs) both hunter and abby the dog know that something is up like abby you know and we've heard about dogs being able to sense things 
But then also Martine is just this random old woman who's like, no, no, I, I know their spirits. I can feel their spirits. So I wonder, like, what is it about the ages between two years old and 70 years old where you just like you don't believe in magic anymore or something like what? Like, what is that storyline? Are we talking about reality or in the context of storytelling? Because reality, I'm sorry for any believers out there. You grow up. <laughs> Okay, what about Martine? <laughs> you know, as you as you age, <laughs> it's your you know, your body deteriorates and you know, your brain starts to <laughs> get affected as well. And you know, we see you know okay. things like short-term memory loss, long-term memory loss. What else do do old people go through as or as people get get older? Like sore knees. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> so that's that would be the boring reality answer, but in terms of storytelling, it's like I guess the pure of heart are able to sense it better. Well, I mean, as far as Martine goes, I just found her to be like a straight up stereotype for the movie because yes, there's that as well. Latin American countries are quite Catholic. And so there's like a stereotype of like the, the Catholic mother from Latin America who is always crossing herself and her kids and putting crucifixes around the house and burning sage yeah well Mm. i just it's also like i don't know as much about this element of it but obviously catholicism has always kind of walked hand in hand with demonology like there's you you Mm kind of can't have one without the other almost like the whole exorcist cultural phenomenon is based on the fact that there are priests who can do exorcisms kind of thing so it's like Uh the demon needs the priest or vice versa and so i just imagine in if you were like to study it historically there'd just be more literature on demons in catholic history and so i mean in that sense martine might know more than daniel and christy do so i guess it makes sense from that point of view but she exists in the movie so that the characters can even consider that it's a demon, not just like the right. wind or whatever. Like, yeah, or a ghost or something. She adds plot um, cohesion to what the characters might even be thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Of course, this wealthy white American family would have a Hispanic nanny, right? <laughs> I imagine in California, it's not that unusual. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I've never been white before. Or lived in California. (laughs) That's true. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I I like, you know, Martine was the one with the most sense. And so the reason for her to get like booted was so that the demon could more accurately possess things. and, and, And the fact that Daniel like, fires her for saging seemed weird and then i was trying to put on like the expectations like well maybe jeffrey is lightly possessing daniel to be an extra jerk in this moment and maybe like maybe anytime you know when Allie is outside and the door's locked and then she's just gone for like hours and hours maybe she's also being lightly possessed like you know then it brings into the question of like what are jeffrey's powers obviously he hates that pool cleaner (laughs) he doesn't want anything to do with that and you know, he can knock down one pot sometimes, but then the whole kitchen other times. And yeah, it's just like, okay, well, what are what are his demon powers? And you're right. Why does he get 
strong enough to possess somebody some days, but then also weak enough to be driven out of the body into someone else a couple miles down the road. And where where's the line? And maybe maybe we get those answers in episode three, the Revenge of the Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess there's also like this just occurred to me, but it makes perfect sense in a, in a in a kind of way like we talked about with Saw too. Like these movies are th- the reason that they exist in our culture is not necessarily because of their story, but because of their style, like how they look and sure. what they kind of do to the audience is way more effectual and was way more stimulating to the audience than the story because like take that scene specifically with all of the doors, all the cupboards flying open and if some of the pots flying, like that's really like electrifying to the viewer, right? Like you definitely don't expect that to happen. And it's really like, whoa. But if you think about it, like that doesn't really do anything and it doesn't make the demon seem any stronger than <laughs> anything else he does. Like why didn't he just on the first night take Christy to the basement and bite her? Like what, why didn't that happen? Like the, that's what it's like. The, mm-hmm. And so it's just, but then you're looking at the movie the wrong way. Like this movie was made to be in a, in a, a spectacle. Well, maybe, maybe it goes back to the, the conjuring. There's like, there's like the three steps, right? Mm, there was, yeah. I know possession was the last one, intimidation and adjudication, obsession, was obsession fornication mm. <laughs> yeah 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 californication <laughs> but it's like but yeah. i don't know like is it wise for the demon to like warn people that he's there like i don't know did he just assume that daniel would be as obtuse as he was i guess he must have must have maybe jeffrey put enough time in while he was you know he was lifting out pool cleaners and knocking off the occasional pot maybe he was spending a lot of time doing a deep psychological evaluation of the family you know, yeah, that's like maybe. our go-to in the last few episodes. The, the bad guy did a deep psychological <laughs> review of the family and yeah. knew how to manipulate their feelings into doing what he wanted. But, you know, okay, well, I mean, the, we're being, obviously we're being flip. We're being so flip. This is the problem. Movie, when you're fun. trying to question the logic of a demon. Yeah. I don't exactly. think that'll yeah. work out very well for you. No, just I just, I think the illogic of the demon exemplifies the reason these movies were made, which was like their visual and aesthetic mm-hmm. effect on the viewer. Yes. Right. Absolutely. But like also it, it kind of adds to the fear of it, right? Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're thinking like, mm-hmm. what would a demon logically, like, I'm sure people throughout history have thought of like, why are demons doing this? Sure. Why, why are they doing certain things like this? And like, I, I think it's more terrifying to not know. And not be able to predict what a demon would do than to be able to like be like, oh, the demon handbook says they're going to do blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> we counteract with this, right? Like, it's a lot more scary. It's it's like the strangers, right? It's a lot more scary when you don't know the motive or you don't know why they're doing certain things. Yeah. And it makes sense because or it makes sense that humans would want to rationalize a logic onto a demon because then that makes us feel safer. You know, it's like we talked a very great many episodes ago where we talked about how like your nighttime fears of like something being under the bed are also made palatable because you give them the, you know, you give them your strength or you give them, you give them your own way to defeat it. Like, you know, I'm scared of the monsters being under the bed, but if I lie in the center of my bed, their arms are not long enough to reach me. Therefore safe. And it's like you invented the bad guy who is scary and threatening, but your brain also invented the way for you to stay safe. And I think, you know, with demons, it's just like, 
if if there are demons or if there were demons in the real world, there'd be no way to ascribe any sort of logic on them. But then that also completely invalidates the whole movie because why the hell eh, would a demon care about granting somebody wishes for the chance of a firstborn male like you know <laughs> if if a demon you know like why would he be interested in that at all a demon yeah. why does a demon want a baby who cares you know what i mean like mm-hmm. well this is a more historical point i just think that the lore of demons comes from when we anthropomorphize things we don't understand like if there's a hybrid fusion of things we don't understand but then what we would be motivated mm-hmm. to do if we were in that situation so mm-hmm. heaven and hell and angels and demons are completely useless unless they're interested in humans right like yeah. what what, <laughs> exactly. what what do what the fuck do we care about god <laughs> and the devil and angels and demons unless they are fervently and almost monomaniacally interested in the in the affairs of human <laughs> beings right why are you so obsessed with us <laughs> well it's just you know humans are obsessed with other humans it's part of the projection yeah so mm-hmm yeah, that's, that's true. Maybe there are there's realms of demons and gods and angels and that, and they're just like Earth. I don't know what that is. I'm <laughs> dealing with my own thing. <laughs> well, this is like I'm gonna nerd out for a second, but this is fucking Aristotle. Aristotle saying like, do we mm-hmm. care what ants do? <laughs> Why the hell would interdimensional supernatural creatures care at all about what we do? <laughs> Which is kind of like what I think sometimes about aliens too, though. I mean, I guess yeah. humans are interesting, like for scientific reasons to aliens but okay so (laughs) i heard a theory about aliens that is my new favorite theory about aliens and it comes from a longtime favorite podcast of mine the bananas podcast and friend of the pod scotty landis said that his theory about aliens are that the only aliens in pop culture are the dumb aliens and it's because uh, you know it's like there's no way a being that is super intelligent has all this this technology able to travel the stars is going to care about our weird backwater world at all. So, (laughs) and he draws a comparison of like, there's people who like tie a bunch of balloons and rockets to a lawn chair and float away. And those people are dumb. And, you know, they they get into scrapes that a smart person would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. So his theory is that like all alien sightings are just dumb aliens who have stolen tech they don't really know how to use and have crashed here by accident. And so the the dumb alien theory is my like new favorite theory about aliens. What if they're aspiring documentarians and it's kind of like, ooh, we want to make a film on this primitive civilization? Mm. Hang on, that's okay. I saved that's the why aliens don't visit Perfect. Earth anymore. <laughs> All right, Perfect. okay. So here here are my logic questions related to this All right, movie because I feel like I feel like we've kind of steered in a kind of separate direction. So. <laughs> As yes. the uh, as the most serious <laughs> yes. host, I'm gonna bring us back in. Sure. <laughs> okay. Wow. Low bar. So you get that. Is there a time skip between when they bring Hunter home to when the things start f- happening? Yeah. Yes. And it's it's. I feel like it's a significant. It's like a time. year. Right. Okay. Because like, it's Hunter has a lot of hair. Hunter can crawl. Hunter can walk up the stairs now. It's like that doesn't happen mm-hmm. in like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Like, from my experience with no, babies, no. no? Okay. Okay, so there is a time. Scale. I actually was, yeah, I, that surprised me as well, because 
we get the we get the scene where they're like, oh, we're bringing Hunter home. This is us having a a video camera and filming our lives or whatever, and and you know like making a video for a grown up Hunter. And I was like, okay, so we got this this baby, and then it immediately jumps to like a year and a half later, and I that that one really threw me off, and I was like, oh, so this one is already more edited and more like contrived than the first paranormal activity which i think again plays into your point alex of like why is the footage assembled this way because (laughs) in the first paranormal activity it's like yeah they found this tape of a a dead person and it seems like it was like maybe the police kept this for clues and then it leaked out and then people are watching it or people wanted it to be made into a movie and somehow pressured paramount into making it hashtag release the mika cut or whatever (laughs) but then the second one it's like if this is the same conceit why are they putting in like baby's first day home footage i guess it's 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 context because it's like the sun the first sun born in like what 90 years is important but we don't get that information at the start. It's not like they come home and they're going, but look it, at us holding it's Hunter, telling, it's, the first it's telling boy. the story. Like, yeah. no, I, I, I would understand that they would show Hunter being brought okay. home because, like, the male being born is important because Ali Googled it, and I'm sure it is explained mm-hmm. even more in Paranormal Activity 3. What I found very jarring, though, was the really abrupt and unexplained time skip between when they brought Hunter home to when the events of the movie start happening. It's just like... Nothing was explained. It just yep. went from one scene to the other. And it's like, we're supposed to just know that a year has passed or something like that. Like, that was kind of weird. Well, and I mean, arguably it, arguably, it makes more sense to make a home video out of like a late pregnancy bringing the baby home than all of the other shit they were making a home video of. <laughs> that part made the most sense about the home video. But then like yeah. the other stuff and maybe the maybe the break in, which I, which we are to assume is Jeffrey's first appearance. When he's the most strong and he can destroy everything in the house. Why didn't you just take Hunter then? Never mind. Jeffrey, you do your things <laughs> at your own pace. But. Well, nobody was home yeah, at that time, I get, right? I get making the video for that. Yeah. Right. No you, oh, home. yeah, that's true. Okay. So it's maybe Jeffrey, Jeffrey just like kind of figuring out where, where, where can I settle in? Like, I don't like the wall next to the fridge, but this furnace cubby looks pretty comfortable. But he had to kind of scour the house mm-hmm. to figure out. Where to set up shop, I guess. And he left Hunter's room alone because he was like, it'll be too obvious if I live in the baby's room. Also, a baby will be crying. I'll never get any sleep. (laughs) I'm a demon. I need sleep, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. There's just like a lot of the decisions made by the people, not the demon, the people in this movie was confusing and very much of the like, really, that's how you're going to play this kind of thing. Like when Allie gets locked out of the house, she leaves. Where did she go? Where Where did she go? I assume like, she tried to run to a neighbor's to house for help. I guess like, so, but like, that, yeah. Honestly, okay. If you really can't get in the house where a baby is, and you think the baby might be in danger, you would break your glass sliding door. Like, it's not that hard to find a rock and just smash the window. That that those are replaceable. Yeah. Find a pool <laughs> cleaner. You're not gonna take like. Yeah. How long Luke, it was like 10, 12 minutes to leave. Babies are to replaceable too. And you just need a lot of time and right, some sperm right. and eggs. I, I forgot. Wow. I forgot about that one. What do you value more? A sliding glass screen door or a baby? I mean, that's, that's, how, they, that's how they played it in a quiet place. 
All of these people didn't check the tapes that they got because they knew that they want to check tapes if weird things start happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, that was the thing. It was like, who are these tapes for? If the tapes are for us, thank you. I guess it makes us think, but like, y- there's information you need. Christy, you should watch this tape. Daniel, why Why am I watching? Your- you should be watching this, Daniel. And yeah, you're right, Luke. If if somebody was trapped and you know you, you break a window and you go, I'm sorry, Daniel. Like I'm sorry, I broke a window, but aren't you glad I saved the child? You yeah, know and- exactly. See, this is why it doesn't make sense that like how is this family the big leagues for Jeffrey to be haunting? They made it easy for him. <laughs> Seems like the family's way of dealing with stuff is just to ignore it, right? Yeah, <laughs> push it under the rug, but. I want to know now if it's like if it's like great grandma, Katie's great grandma or whatever made this pact with a demon for X, Y, or Z, and then was promised a a, a man child out of it, a boy child, you know, eventually. <laughs> man child. What did <laughs> what did Jeffrey do in all the times when they weren't, you know, when they were giving birth to, you know, babies assigned girl at birth? Like what? You know, yeah. Jeffrey was what like, is Jeffrey doing? Like, Jeffrey just delivery sneaks in. Like, I'm out. <laughs> I guess that's actually Jeffrey. what we're supposed to assume happens. We must. Yeah, he just checks in I, every time someone's pregnant. It's like, mm? I can't. I can't really actually answer any questions about Katie and Christie's parenthood without spoilers for Spoiling, the third movie. Yeah. So I won't. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Suffice it to say that. This demon has been waiting a long time for Hunter, and mm-hmm. thus, I'm a little bit weirded out of his, like, weakness to have to leave him to go haunt Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've waited, if you've waited 80, 90 right, years, okay. what's another month? You know? Like, That's come true, on. yeah. <laughs> Most patient demon ever. Most All patient right. demon ever. Now that we're okay. talking about Hunter, this is not like super related to this movie, but I want to kind of address this okay. as, you know, as a as a call out to society. Sure. We're calling out society I'm here of the on belief the that newborn infants anywhere from birth to probably at least 2 months, mm-hmm. more more realistically from vaginal transfer to th- to 3 months. Are not cute. What are you doing? <laughs> Vaginal transfer. Yes. They're not cute. Okay, so when people are giving birth to babies, and you like, we as a society need to stop being like, "Oh, that's so cute." No, those things are not cute. Okay, like I've seen newborn infants; <laughs> they don't get cute until about like three three months. Okay. Didn't you already uh, talk about this? Did I talk yeah. about this already? I feel like you did. You had this whole tirade on a quiet place. Oh. I remember. Because <laughs> okay. I edited it. Like See, a week ago, this I, is I talk out, about like this is something I that. I heavily believe in. So I've talked about. I guess I've talked about. Alex it hates newborns. Yeah, <laughs> we know. they're not cute. We can say that they're a precious gift. We can say good job, mom. Good job, dad. Yes, I do remember saying this exact same thing in a quiet place. But you know, really, you just want to reinforce this issue, okay? So society, stop. We really want to stop lying to newborn infants and telling them that they're cute when they're really not. Like you, you, you okay, don't need but... to please them. They can't understand you. He became cute. He became cute, yeah. When they become cute, cute, then you can compliment the cuteness. Sure. Yeah. Okay, but on that point, they actually mentioned that, and I made a note of it because I remember your tirade from (laughs) A Quiet Place about newborn babies. I remember them being like, 
you know, they're looking at, you know, two week old Hunter and I can't remember who it is. It's maybe Katie or maybe it's even Mika at that point. I don't think so, though. No, because no, 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 it wasn't Mika. He wasn't there at the start. But they're like, why does he look weird? And then they're just like, well, that's just what newborns look like. They look kind of squished exactly. up and they look kind of weird. And I was like, ah, oh, this movie that came out 12 years ago is doing that thing that Alex talked about one week ago. Well done, movie. <laughs> and that's why it no came back in like my mind Dippity. again because... I think, yeah, whoever it was was like, why, why, why does Hunter look that way? It's like, because, yeah, yeah. because newborns I think it was Allie. look weird. They look weird. They, they're all red and they're squished up and, you know, they're all yeah. small and they don't look give, give them a little anyway, bit. We've already been through this. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Okay, give that was, that was it. I, I completely forgot I had talked about this in a previous episode. <laughs> so skip to this point <laughs> if you want yeah. to not listen to me again. Maybe I cut it off. Who knows? Maybe Who it's knows? at the end. Maybe I put it at the beginning somehow. <laughs> I can do anything I want. I edit this episode. <laughs> That's true. You have the power. <laughs> I have the power. What else? I'm just looking through my notes, and it's just like... Like, honestly, it's, it's like, very much... Not too much happens, right? It's it's pretty, pretty low-key. No. Hauntings start getting more and more intense, and then, like, the climax was awesome. The climax was good. I... <laughs> I will say I liked that a solo a Star Wars story took the plot device from this one where, you know, in that movie, they showed you how Han Solo got everything from his vest to his blaster to his ship. In this one, you got to see Mika be like, what's that you're holding? To his name, literally. <laughs> you you got to see Mika be like, what's that you're holding? And then Daniel's like, why? Wow, it's this fancy new camera. And, and, and Mika being like, yeah. I'm going to get one of those. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. It's just like, oh, good. Now we know how he got his camera. Thank goodness that loop is closed. That was that was keeping me up at nights. That was the real horror of this movie. I think, like, the only character I liked was Allie. She was, and she was even kind of annoying sometimes, but she was also the only one that had any curiosity about anything. Because even the questions Christy asked, mm-hmm. Christy would be like, well, okay, I guess you're right with every like non-answer that Daniel and Katie would give her. So she's just like gave up on trying to figure out any weirdness that was happening. And so the only one who actually cared was Allie. Mm -hmm. And so in that vein, I'm glad that she wasn't killed. She was on a school trip. And as far as I know, she doesn't actually come back in any of the other movies. So I'm I'm wondering if in Paranormal Activity 7 it's going to be the return of Allie. Because she'd be like an OG person to know about all of this. If mm. that be happens. a good person to bring back. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe Return of Martine. Yeah. Well, or maybe, maybe showing Martine's childhood. How far back can we go, right? Yes. So. <laughs> Every movie just goes back farther and farther in time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Make it happen, Hollywood. I want to see it. No, I really liked Allie. I thought, I thought, yeah, she was curious. She did stuff. She also was one of the ones that was antagonizing the spirit the most. You know, she brought out the Ouija board, which immediately I was like, is that where Mika got his? Did he just steal Allie's? I bet that's where he got his. And, you know, they're like doing their little seance and <laughs> she's so excited hunt? about having a ghost. Yeah. Pussy hunt. <laughs> I think... I think you'll find that Brad spelled spelt the first word and Jeffrey spelled the second word. <laughs> mm. Maybe was Jeffrey trying was trying Hunter. to spell Hunter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I liked the innovation of the different cameras and then switching oh, yes. back between them because 
I mean, it's a cool and logical next step after a single cam at night to have several that you go through. And Mm -hmm. it's even made, there's an innovation in the third movie for the camera work that's even more impressive or or like scary that I really enjoyed. I won't say what it is now, but I could see the beginnings of like a new way to show. and, And they, and actually at the end, when Katie actually shows up to kill Daniel and Christy, it does it really well because it, sh- it it flips between the kitchen and the living room shot camera. So you can see mm-hmm. Daniel and then you can see Katie in the back room, but then you flip back and then flip again and she's not there kind of thing. So I really liked that. That's a cool yeah. innovation in the way that they can put scary things in the, sh- in the movie. Okay, cool innovation. Yeah. And I did like it. Agree with all your points. I was <laughs> a little bit annoyed though with the security cameras because they weren't showing me the rooms that I wanted to see at certain points. <laughs> right. right? Like there was that, like in, yeah. in, close to the end when they're kind of cutting between Christy and Hunter, you know, when Christy is getting dragged down the stairs and into the basement. Mm-hmm. Like there, there were parts where it's like, I don't, I don't want to look at Christy anymore. I want to see what's happening in Hunter's room. And it would like, I was yelling at whoever is, you know, editing the footage in this universe. <laughs> like cut, cut, go back, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> yeah. Purely just a personal annoyance, but I guess it kind of worked. But it, was... it also took me a little bit out of the movie because, like, mm-hmm. if I was the person assembling this footage, I would want to show the most important parts. And it feels like they might have missed, like, a second or two of really important stuff that was happening in Hunter's room when they were just showing Christy or showing, like, an empty staircase where it's like, you know, show me the the, the action, you know, at all times. Yeah, and it would have made more sense if it did that flipping where if it was completely uncontrolled like if it was on like every 10 seconds it switches camera angles that i could buy as being like this is just how the the feed is assembled it just cuts to different Mm -hmm. different monitors every every 10 seconds but they were all recording at the same time is the is the thing right but they're, and they were all recording at the same time, and the cuts weren't ever like that logical. Like sometimes it was like you'd have a big long stretch of the kitchen, and then a quick cut to Hunter's room, and then another big stretch of the staircase or something. And so it was just like, oh yeah, so somebody is making choices again. Somebody is like putting their artistic touch on these things, and it is. But there was one scene. I think it's the camera that was in the living room looking back into the kitchen, where there's. I think it was the front door, but there was something in the way the shadows were that it made it look like somebody was standing in profile anytime, anytime that shot came up. And so, of course, me not knowing what to expect and knowing in like horror movies, I'm like, okay, if there's one thing I know, I never look at any of the actors. I look at what's behind and around the actors because that's where the scary thing is going to come. So every time there is this like this, I think it was just like a coat or a curtain or something that just kind of looked like somebody standing to the side. I was like, that thing's going to move at one point. And so I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And much like your analogy earlier about driving across the country, maybe the first time you drive, you're like, what's really cool? What's really exciting? But the next time if I drive back again, it'll be like, "Ah, I've seen Saskatchewan. It's flat and there's a lot of it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I was trying to notice like anything in the background moving for a lot of the movie and mirrors yeah i think the only time where it was like things were moving when they shouldn't have been was i think kind of close to the start when who is it christy might have been in the washroom of hunter's room and like the the mobile the mobile Mm -hmm. the baby mobile what's it called the mobile Mm -hmm. the spinny thing above the crib you got it 
it, it's like spinning yeah. on its own, and then when she comes back into the room, it stops spinning. So that I think, I think that's really the rocking the only chair thing. is going at one point. Oh, maybe that too. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. See, that that was the thing though. Like, I didn't care as much about noticing things that were like, even though I still kept an eye out, I didn't care as much because it's like I don't think it's that that interesting to the plot to like. Oh, did you see that door move in a tiny inch or something? Like until like the action started ramping up and very obvious things were happening. That's that's when I was more interested. But like the really like minor kind of unsettled, like watching the pool cleaner slowly move to the side of the pool. That was kind of boring to me. <laughs> like, you don't need to show me this like five times. I get it. Okay. There's a, there's a ghost, there's a demon, whatever. And they're moving shit around at night. <laughs> so this is not your third favorite pool cleaning movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it is maybe a top 10 family franchise for me. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I think the 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 thing with the scares and with the door open the doors opening and the rocking chairs going and stuff that is for people who's you know who who Paranormal Activity two is their first found footage movie right their first found footage horror movie so they haven't seen it before you know we just not even like two months ago we watched Paranormal Activity one and they had all those things and I think Luke you even brought this up when we watched Host where you're like there's just only so many things you can do with a found footage movie that before before you're recycling things and especially when there's like an invisible demon monster you're gonna get stuff that moves on its own we got an innovation in the baby toys moving in uh in later on in the scenes right where when it's scaring Allie. and you know again we've got a mid-2000s overly you know overly sensory loaded baby toy that just makes a ton of noise for no reason <laughs> and that's scary but again we've seen that we saw that in insidious 2 which was made after this sure but you 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 only ghosts can only interact with so many things before you're like i've seen it i've seen that yep you're you're thudding up the stairs i heard that one. Ooh, the door's creaking that's the same you know oh you scratch something into the back of this door that's a little different way to go jeffrey good initiative but there's only like so many innovations yeah. Anything else? Thump, 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 thump. Door creak. <laughs> Faint footsteps. Rattling sound. <laughs> I did like that they, they, they fed us another line of this. Maybe it's a red herring still, maybe not. But the scratches on the door looked kind of like the notes that Miko is writing in Paranormal Activity 1 about what letters the demon was spelling out on the Ouija board before... Mm -hmm. Jeffrey lit it on fire. It says like yeah. Nellis or something. Or do you want to do you so want to know I, what Wikipedia says? Yes. Okay. Soon, Allie hears a scratch sound in the basement door and opens it to find scratches and sees a word meus meus m e u s, which is Latin for mine, etched into it. Oh. So Jeffrey is international demon. Loves Latin. Maybe he was just hungry and he for he forgot the n when spelling menus. <laughs> He was just like, I want to order some pizza. Can you bring me the menus? <laughs> <laughs> Mayus. Okay. All right. The one thing I forgot about this movie that I kind of enjoyed is that it kind of has two climaxes, actually. It has the one in the basement and then the one when Katie shows up a month later. So mm -hmm. it was creepy seeing the basement, seeing the whole, like, basically this family is a huge hoarder family. <laughs> they just keep it all down there. And then, mm -hmm. like, the shots with Hunter being by himself. 
it's like, well, that's creepy because he's just a baby and I don't want him to get hurt or stolen by. And the fact that the camera's upside down in the basement. Yeah. And we get to see Hunter walking on the ceiling in the shot. Like, oh, that's creepy. I expected something to jump out. Mm -hmm. So those scenes were cool. But like this movie looks cool, but the story makes it just hard to kind of believe. I guess, but that's the wrong attitude for a movie like this, and I understand that. But especially <laughs> when Christy is being unresponsive and has a huge bite mark on her leg and is being like bedridden, this is exactly when Daniel should want to see a, a, a closed captioned video of her just before this happened, right? Like, <laughs> you don't you don't need to be a detective to understand that maybe the thing that happened just before your wife turned kind of like comatose is into a weird zombie yeah is it gonna be interesting no no way i don't want to see it <laughs> so it's like i'm sick of it i'm <laughs> sick of all this ghost bullshit yeah also daniel he kind of contradicted himself because he's like when he's like i hate to do this to you at like at the end of the movie i hate to do this to you but like i need you to watch over hunter like i gotta go to what was it like phoenix like, yeah, I, I cannot. He's got to go for thing. like a meeting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. I, I absolutely can't. I cannot miss this thing. But if anything happens, call me and I'll come right back. But I just can't miss this thing. It's like, can I call you like five seconds after you leave the house and then be <laughs> I like, need hey, you. you need... Yeah. So it's like, hey, are you lying? Back. You're I'm lying scared. to your daughter because like, you you will come back, but you probably won't unless you know. I don't know. It, it was just weird. Yeah, because there's a shot of her crying on the. Like phone, like please come back, please come back, please come back, and even he does if come you back. get that call and then leave your meeting, he he comes back eventually. But it's like, yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I guess like, don't the go in the first work a day place. life is. I mean, so crushing. And Skype you was definitely a thing in 2010. You could have skyped him. <laughs> he like it was 2006. This movie came out 20. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, he's been in total <laughs> denial the whole movie about any of this happening, though. Even though every bit right. of evidence is to the contrary. So. <laughs> it's true but i really want to talk about the way christy performs as a possessed person Mm -hmm. i thought that was very 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 effective and like just the the actress who if everybody else is using their first name i will assume her name is christy but i will confess i have not looked it up but Mm -hmm. alex is on it already i can see him working but sprague graden that's not the same as christy at all that's a completely different name (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so good job to her, though. Like, she was so, like, you know, she was so, like, natural-seeming when she was in those, like, in the in the establishing shots or, like, in the pool or, like, just having, like, random chats. And then when she was possessed, I was just like, oh, wow. Like, I'm actually a little bit frightened of her and the way she's, like, standing. And then when she yells at Allie to get out of the room, you know, at the very end when Hunter's crying and she goes to pick him up and she just like screams at her i was just like it was very very effective and i thought she did a great job yeah i think for the most part the acting was pretty fine like i think out of all the characters the worst acted one was daniel because of just how unbelievably like (laughs) uncaring he is but ali was great i think christy was good and then for the scenes that katie and mika were in like they were consistent from the first movie I think there was an anachronistic point in this movie as well, because it came out in 2010, but it was set in 2006. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene where Christy is in the tub and she's kind of like, she's like flirting with 
Daniel a little bit and he makes a joke about releasing the Kraken. Ha ha ha. Very funny. And I was, <laughs> was like, is funny. that I a reference it. to Clash of the Titans or Wrath of the Titans? Those two movies. Yeah. And I, I was like, if it is, that movie came out in 2010 and this movie was set in 2006. <laughs> Why is he making this joke? Did he come up with it? Is he a film writer? Is that what we find out that he was working on the screenplay for Clash <laughs> of the why, Titans? That might be why he's so yeah, wealthy. Knows? <laughs> that's oh, he's a film we don't actually know what he does right he's just like i've got this important business meeting well i gotta I go. mean, the house is quite big it has a pool they mm-hmm. can hire a nanny he's able to easily i guess i'm assuming very easily pay for this home security system right mm-hmm. <laughs> seemed like they were pretty well off for money i mean that's true. it's probably it's true. an anachronism but it's not necessarily one because he could have like <laughs> Kraken was a word people knew before those movies, so it could have just been. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew what a Kraken was before. Uh, what is it? Not Clash nope. of the Titans. Forget, forget all of <laughs> classic literature talking about them. <laughs> right, right. None. <laughs> it's yeah. it's implausible, but I guess not impossible. But it's you're right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's clearly, clearly, they just forgot. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're I'm I am definitely picking this corpse clean of any yeah. any sort of reference. So I don't really have anything else to add. I think the plot being bare really is. Yeah, this is a stepping stone to Paranormal Activity three, and we'll watch that movie. I don't know, maybe in the sequel to sequel month, sequel month, month sequel, more sequels, threequel month. But <laughs> do do either of you have anything else to add? Any final thoughts that we didn't touch on that I forgot that you forgot? I'm just yeah. really excited that there's no more movies now between us and Paranormal Activity <laughs> and this franchise. <laughs> we did it. Also, yeah. Also, I think Oily Crucifix is a good name for a band. Mm. Just saying. It's yeah. up there if anybody wants to take it. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Should we talk about our scariest part of the movie? All right. Luke? You have to go back to the first time you saw this and the part that scared you the most the first time. I honestly don't remember. Maybe Christy getting like basically dragged all the way from her room down to the basement. I imagine that would have been really terrifying for her. So I'll pick that one. Good choice. Good choice. I'm picking when all the doors in the kitchen opened at once. That made me jump and made me shriek. And was very, very scary and effective. <laughs> and also, it was a daytime is safety moment. <laughs> so thanks for breaking our rule that we invented. It was supposed to be safe. <laughs> Jeffrey didn't care. He was under the he was under the gun. He was he was risking getting transferred. Had to make a big show of it. So, mm. but but all the doors popping open at once was a very effective effect. And I picked that one. Two shot one. Yeah, Wait. same as you. Like I think there <laughs> there are a lot of really good scary parts in this movie. Getting dragged down the stairs, her yelling at Allie to get out of the room, seeing her kind of snarl. The neck snapping scene was like, oh, so unexpected and quite gruesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, for me, I'm I'm with you. The scariest part of this movie was when all the like doors in the kitchen and all like the cutlery drawers and the pantry just burst open. It was definitely the most unexpected scare. And it came at a very good time because I wasn't expecting it, and because it was daytime. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what the scares do in this movie really well, 
for a first time watcher. This really is only effective one time because as soon as you know what scenes are not scary, then you know you can just discount them. But when you're going in and you don't know what's going to be scary and what's not, every every scene has the chance to be frightening and it just like keeps your attention going and going and going. So good for a first time. I don't know that I'd rewatch <laughs> this one. I already answered. I guess I already answered that question. But we got to rate this one. And again, I turn it over to you, Luke. I guess we have to rate it out of gravity defying pool cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> gravity uh, defying <laughs> pool cleaners. Okay. Well, go ahead, Luke. Gravity defying pool cleaners. I think this movie's totally fine. There's nothing heinously wrong with it. But it suffers, I think, from the fact that it is sandwiched between two better movies. So in my mind, I I have I just at this stage, because I've seen all of them, I have a really hard time separating this movie singularly to be like, oh, yeah, that's where paranormal activity is really paranormal activitizing the best (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) It's the platonic ideal of paranormal activity. Yeah. So. I think not in comparison to movies in general, but in comparison to other movies in its own franchise, it it gets a little diminished in my thinking about it. And then watching it again, I was like, yeah, it's just not quite as scary. It's not quite as many things happening. And the people are just a little bit more dumb than they are in some of the other movies. And so (laughs) I, but it's totally serviceable and enjoyable. And I liked it the first time I saw it. So I'm going to give it three out of five. Three, gravity defying pool cleaners all righty yeah i i was enjoying the watch as i i went through it i was scared enough to break my rule and pause and see how much time was left and then i was always dismayed <laughs> at there being more time i was just like oh no it's so, i'm already so scared and it's only 20 minutes in and <laughs> and, and like looking back on it I'm like, okay, I could watch this again and know that it's not going to be that scary uh, until this point. But it was a perfectly serviceable sequel. Sequels often fall down. They fall short of their expectations, especially in, I think, horror when something is very innovative and different. When you do it the same way or a slightly different way in the second one, the shine wears off a little bit and it's just a little bit less. But... I was scared. I'm excited to see Paranormal Act Tivit 3, and I'm giving this one 2.75 out of 5. Yeah, this movie was fine. Like I said at the start, there were parts of this that I thought were better than Paranormal Activity 1, and then parts that I thought were worse. I think the biggest sin of it was not being, like, it trying to be immersive, but failing on that aspect a little bit, whereas, like, I kept, there were so many scenes where I kept asking the questions, like, why are they filming this? There's no there's mm-hmm. no reason that they would be filming this. And that kind of took me out of it. Yeah. But I think this movie did a really good job at getting me interested in th- any follow-ups. Like I am like I am pretty excited to see Paranormal Activity 3 and see like where the this universe takes us to. And I think that th- th- this movie was like a really great like th- this this movie is a lob and hopefully Paranormal Activity is the big jam. So I'm gonna give this three gravity whatever pool cleaners out of five <laughs> gravity defying. Pool gravity defying that that Define. was the term okay. <laughs> we it. did it awesome all righty well let's let's move into our something to cheer section always a great fun time and as as this is your pick again luke of course you're first 
Oh, what's happened in the last four days? I mean, week. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this movie's not coming out for like a month and a half. I know. <laughs> actually, actually, exactly one month from now. <laughs> I guess I am going to cheer the fact that I'm going to be seeing a large number of my relatives this upcoming weekend. My family is going to Kelowna. Oh, yeah. And lots of aunts, uncles, cousins, cousins, kids. So that'll be fun. Say hi to David nice. for me. Other side of the family. Oh, okay. Don't say hi to David for me. I don't want to say hi to him. Yeah. Okay, I won't. <laughs> say hi to the family members that I know of that probably live with you right now. <laughs> Maybe Janelle. Say hi to Janelle. Joelle. Janelle? Joelle. <laughs> What's your sister's name? I'm not telling. What's your name? <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> it's pronounced Ranger. <laughs> Ah, Ranger. Alrighty. I am going to cheer something that I I don't usually do a music cheer because I don't listen to that much music in my day-to-day life. I'm definitely more of an audiobooks and podcast type of person, but a friend of mine off of Instagram released a couple of albums of her original songs back in May, and I finally got a chance to, to listen to it. And so I'm really, really, I really like it. It's It's got a really cool sound. I don't know enough how to describe it in musical terms, but it kind of gave me Simon and Garfunkel vibes and mm. a little bit of Tom Petty vibes. And her name is Robin Shakedown. And her album is called Cartoon Eyes. And oh, no, there's a second one. Hang on. I want to find it. And I actually reached out to her and I was like, hey, can I use a clip of your song on the show? And she said yes. And so I'm going to include that at the end as a little a little spoiler. So for people who don't listen all the way to the end, you're missing out. You're missing mm. out on good stuff. But those, question. Artists, those albums are called, uh, yeah. Are you sure it's Robin Shakedown and not Robin 1979? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sure. I'm very sure. Yes. Uh, okay. Good one, okay. How about I Robin 1980? 1978? So those albums are Cartoon Eyes and Bullet Baby and stay tuned to the end when you can hear her song Shake Down the Moon or 1979 down 1979 the moon <laughs> <laughs> It's a good one. That's my cheer. Yay Robin. Hello Robin. Alright. My cheer is first week of Sports League has started and you know just Woo. being able to go outside, run around Hanging with people that I like. It's been fun. What sports have you played so far? Soccer and flag football. Nice. So both things I'm not good at. Also, Mm. I consider myself quite young, but I think (laughs) my body is slowly deteriorating and failing me. So, you know, let's let's keep getting at it, right? The more you exercise, the longer you'll live. Is that that true? Statistically. I don't know if it's 100% true. Okay, well, sure. well, they're we'll correlated. Okay, well, everything <laughs> is in pain right now. I've been kind of hunched over this entire recording. But yeah, you look a better. little bit rough, but uh, <laughs> yes, all the best for what was for snack, the new team name. <laughs> yes, and what was for snack. Good luck. Pop, the... Pop Turts. Are you still <laughs> cheese strings? No, cheese, cheese, cheese strings. Cheese strings. Cheese strings, right? Okay. Uh, n- n- not dishes. <laughs> no more dishes. No there more were dishes. no more dishes. Yeah, there were no more dishes. <laughs> Nailed it. There were no more dishes, but there are still some credits to do. So I will read that. And 
also let you know what we're watching next week. So thank you so much for everybody who uh, listens to the episodes. Leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you got this. It really helps us, helps more people see the show and, and listen to the show and everything. So if you haven't lately, tell a coworker, tell a friend, go listen to Nothing to Fear. It's a fun show about horror movies and nerds host it but thank you everyone who does it and thank you alex and luke for giving so much of your time to this project to get us a little bit of buffer i really do appreciate it a lot thank you to the design work from katie and madison you're fantastic human beings as well give us a follow on our social medias nothing to fear podcast is instagram ntf pod is twitter i'm at billy by design you know how to spell it by now luke where can people find you all over the podcast apps. Really True Fiction and The Liberal Soul, two different podcasts I run. And certainly by this time, they can hear both of your beautiful voices on one of the episodes on The Liberal Soul. All of us together. All three. The gang's back together. <laughs> Alex, how about you? You're going to bed right after this. so and You can find me... In your bed? You can find me <laughs> at 2006... Just like where Paranormal Activity 2 was set, mm-hmm. social media was very limited at that point, so it did not exist for me then. That's where you can find me. Okay. If you have Alex's MSN messenger name, you can find him there. Yes, you can find me there. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, it's my week next week, and it's very funny, Luke, that you picked up on our 1979 shakedown joke that has been a long-running a long-running podcast joke since you got the date wrong of the first Halloween because we're actually revisiting the Halloween franchise next week <laughs> with Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which right. came out 10 years after Halloween 1, 1978. So this is a movie from 1988, and it might be bad. It's a fourth. It's a the first fourth movie we're doing, so... I'm I'm pretty sure it'll be bad, <laughs> but that's what we're is gonna this, watch next week. So is this is this gonna be like the one where he starts to have like supernatural powers? I don't know I because like the last time we saw the second one already. I guess that's true, right? Yeah, the last time we saw him, not counting the reboot that we watched at the end of last year, was the hospital burned down and he was quote unquote missing. So I'm sure there's going to be some sort of weird fudgery to get him to have been alive and have pass through the 10 years in some way to visit death and destruction on Laurie Strode and the people that she loves. So that's what we're going to watch. So exciting. I have a question. Is the nothing to fear episode on that movie going to be canon or retconned? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know what? Yes. (laughs) Maybe we can put in the legends department. We can put it in the expanded universe. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> That's good. All right. But That'll until then, until we see each other on Discord one more time, I'll say goodbye and I'll let Alex say goodbye. Goodbye. If he wants to. Goodbye. And I'll let Luke say goodbye as well. Goodbye. And I'll remind you folks, keep listening because there's going to be a song at the end of this one. And also, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear. Mm. Hang on. It's starting to rain. Mm-hmm. I got to move my bed off the porch. Uh, uh, vamp for a minute. Um, what? Okay. <laughs> okay. That is, a, that is a normal thing. What a normal sentence constructed by the English language. I guess it's just so hot at Luke's that 
he takes his I don't mattress think context out makes it better. I, I definitely think that's what it is, but I think the context of just him being like, I gotta take my bed off the porch, it's raining, is way funnier. <laughs> it's the Nelson version of the Shagmobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. Alrighty, as promised, we do have a song from Robin Shakedown coming up in just a second, but I forgot to plug where you could actually get it. Now, Robin's not a sponsor of the show, but she's a good friend, and I think you know she deserves all the love she can get. So if you like what you hear, you can head over to her Bandcamp. It is robinshakedown.bandcamp.com. Robin Shakedown is all one words and all small letters, and you can buy those albums and support out a cool artist. Each album costs $6 or more on Bandcamp, uh, $6 US, and you can pay right through the app, and then you get the songs. So if you like what you hear, give her a visit at robinshakedown.bandcamp.com. Enjoy. I remember standing in the driveway high out of my mind on you. There's a fire building inside me now, and would you check out the moon? And I thought now if the moon was gone and it darkened up my view... I'd hold your hand and know that when I land I'd still have you Cause when the storm clouds rolled on through and almost swept you away Wrapped up in these arms so tight to see another day And now we both live in Sunset Town and people dancing in the street People living for themselves these days the same as you and me When I see you in them cartoon eyes light up the room Shake down the moon to get some Shake down the moon And if I get caught and put away I promise I'll be out soon So shake down the moon for me Shake down the moon Stars and to fill up on the moon 